the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God. Shine, gonna let it shine, 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 gonna let it shine. I'm gonna this little light of mine, light I'm gonna let it shine. Shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, 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 I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine Blow, 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 never let it blow, blow, blow it out Don't blow, let Satan blow, blow it out, I'm gonna blow, let it shine
about Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. And the forces of Absalom met the warriors of David in a thick woods near the River Jordan. Among the thickets and marshes of the forest, Absalom's undisciplined troops became confused and unmanageable. Unknowingly, they killed one another from behind trees and rocks. And the people of Absalom were slain that day in great numbers, so that 20,000 died. And Absalom, seeing that the battle was lost, turned to his general. Amasa, what think you? Do we have a chance? No, Your Majesty. The battle is lost. Oh, I beg His Majesty to turn his mount around and flee. I am. Get up there. Get up. Get up. I guess I had better go, too. Well, the going is good. If any of David's men catch me, they will show no mercy. Get up. Get up. Amasa, come back here. I'm caught in the branches of a tree. Come back. Come back. Oh, he can't hear me. Where is my armor there? My bodyguards. But they've all deserted me. Help. Help. I'm caught in a tree. Amasa. Amasa. Well, well, what do we have here? I'm caught in the branches of this tree. Can't you see that, you fool? Let me down. Let you down? <laughs> Let Prince Absalom, the rebellious son of King David, free? Oh, not me. <laughs> Let me down and I'll reward you. Many thousand shekels and honor and glory and power. Only let me down that I may flee. I dare not kill you for fear of displeasing your father, the king. And I most certainly am not going to free you. <laughs> I know. I shall hasten to General Joab. He'll know what to do with you. <laughs> Well, well, if it isn't the prince, Prince Absalom the traitor, the disloyal, unfaithful heir to the crown. Aren't you going to let me down? Let you down? If I remember correctly, I have befriended you and helped you twice. Twice have I effected a reconciliation between you and your father, the king. Twice you shamefully betrayed me and my faith and trust in you. If it had not been for me, you could never have gotten this rebellion against the crown started. Let you down. For now I have the power with one blow to destroy the instigator of all the evil of this rebellion against David. <laughs> have you no pity, no sympathy? Would you harm the son of your king? Will you bring down my father's head See his... these three darts, my dear Prince Absalom. I'm going to thrust them into your evil heart. Oh, no. Yes. But I am the prince. I am the eldest son of your king. Ah, you can... yes, you are the prince. But your beautiful body and your princely bearing shall end deep in a pit covered with stones as an everlasting reproach and disgrace to your memory. And now, the darts. What a contrast this stone heap makes with the costly monument that Absalom set up in the king's valley. But it serves him right. His was a wicked and evil life full of deceit. Watchman! Watchman up there on the wall! Do you see anything yet? No, Your Majesty! Oh, it's 
too soon for news of the battle, David. Why don't you come home and wait there where you can relax and rest? Relax when my son Absalom and his untrained hordes battle my experienced warriors? No, dear, I can't. I must wait right here. I see a runner approaching the city from the direction of the battle. It's, It's a messenger with good news. I know it. I know it. A second runner. Soon I shall know the fate of of my son, Absalom. Care you more of Absalom the traitor than you do of God and his people? Absalom is my son, and I cannot help but hope that he is still, still well and alive. Your Majesty, Your Majesty, the battle has been won. All is well. My son Absalom, is he safe, alive? I I have not seen him at all, Your Majesty. Uh, Good tidings from my lord the king. The lord has delivered you this day from the power of all who rose up against you. But is my son Absalom, is he safe? May the enemies of the king and all that rose up against you for evil be like that young man. Uh, He's dead. My son... My son. David. David, there is a room over the gate. Perhaps you should go there until you have regained control of your emotions. All right. Oh, my son, Absalom. My son, my son. Would God that I had died for thee, Absalom. My son. his majesty the king. I expected him to be waiting here at the gate. Well, he was, general, but but when he heard that Prince Absalom is dead, uh, he lost control and wept. He is atop the gate, mourning for his lost son. Mourning for the traitor. I'll go up and see the king myself. (laughs) Sir! I want to talk to you. God has given you reason to be triumphant and glad. The greatest rebellion in the history of Israel has just been crushed. And here you are sobbing and mourning for the instigator of that rebellion. He's your son, I know. But you are shaming every man who went out there so bravely and gallantly won the battle. For they have saved your life and the lives of thy sons and daughters and all Israel. I perceive that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead today, then you would be pleased. Now, therefore, arise. Go out and speak kindly to your servants, for if you don't, not one of your soldiers will stay with you this night, and this will be worse for you than all the evil that has come upon you from your youth until now. You you are right, General. I shall go down to the gate and greet the men with words of courage and commend them for their brave deeds of this day. the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. 
yourself did you let me explain when you pray you're talking to god you know the creator of the entire universe the greatest power that exists no one knows more than god does so well whenever you have a problem you're supposed to get help right right like if you're sick you want the best doctor right right and if your car breaks down you want the best mechanic right 
Right. And if you're hungry, you want the best cook to fix you food, like my mom. Right? So, so when you have a problem, a serious problem, like you're worried about something or scared about something or someone is mean to you, you want to find the best help there is. That would be God. Carlos, are you worried about something? No. Are you scared about something? Mm, no. Is someone mean to you? No. So why do you need to pray? I'm just saying that praying is like reminding yourself that there's someone just waiting to help you when you have a serious problem. Like when something bad happens, you can say, Hey God, I'm your old friend and I have a serious problem. And he's ready to give you some good ideas on how to deal with it. In other words, praying is like keeping the door to heaven open? Wow, that's beautiful, Dora. Hey, I can figure things out too, you know. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. In the case of the secret code, Willie starts getting strange messages on his computer. Could they really be from God? Chapter 5. Writing on the wall. The mystery is almost solved, Willie thought to himself. He rolled into his bedroom and went straight to his closet. Under his clothes, in the far corner of his closet, he kept a shoebox. In that box, he stored the neat special things his mother was always wanting to throw away. He lifted the lid and looked inside. First, he saw the glittery rock he had found with his dad in Mount Pleasant Park last summer. He lifted a plastic bag and held it up to the light. Inside was the dried tarantula he had found on their trip to Arizona. He dug past a broken marble and three plastic spacemen. Finally, he found what he was looking for. Willie pulled a postcard from the bottom of the box. The picture showed a kid skiing on Lake Joyful. He turned it over and looked at the message. Hi, Willie. I'm having a great time. I got sunburned yesterday. Tell the other shoebox kids hi for me. See you soon, Chris. It was addressed to Willie Teller, 6322 Trade Winds Lane, Mill Valley. Willie stared at the address. He looked at the brown package wrapping in his lap. Then he looked at the address again. They're not even close, Willie thought. The handwriting is someone else's. Well, Chris, Willie said, you'll be pleased to know that you're not a suspect anymore. What's that? Willie jumped, but it was only Grandpa. Who are you talking to, Willie? I'm just trying to solve a mystery, Grandpa. Willie smiled up at him and quickly put the postcard back in the shoebox. You're next, he thought. Grandpa, did you ever write Mom and Dad any letters? Willie put the shoebox back in his closet. Letters? I don't think so. I've never been much of a writer. Why? Willie frowned and looked at the floor. How about Christmas cards? Oh, sure, he said cheerily. We send you and your mom and dad a Christmas card every year. You do? Willie's hopes brightened. Maybe mom has kept one around here. Willie wheeled down the hall toward the garage door and Grandpa trailed behind. Yeah, your grandmother always signs our names and gets them out the day after Thanksgiving, said Grandpa. But knowing your mother, I doubt if she's kept last year's Christmas cards until now. It's June, boy. 
Willie opened the garage door and looked inside. He realized that Grandpa was right. Mom would have thrown them away months ago. Besides, what use were they if Grandma was the one who signed their names? Willie felt Grandpa grab the wheelchair and spin it around so that Willie faced him. Now, you young pup, are you going to tell me what this is about or am I going to have to tickle it out of you? He poked at Willie's ribs and tickled him until Willie escaped. It's nothing, Grandpa, Willie said, wheeling away back to the living room. Like I said, I'm trying to solve a mystery. It's that secret code business, isn't it? Grandpa raised one eyebrow. Well, what can I do to help? Willie looked at Grandpa silently. Is it smart to let a suspect help you on your case, he asked himself. One thing he could do wouldn't hurt. I I think I can handle it myself, Willie said. He saw Grandpa's shoulders slump in disappointment. That is, Grandpa, if you would do one thing for me. What's that? Willie rolled over to the cabinet in the corner and opened a drawer. Take this pen and paper and write my name and address on it. That's it? Grandpa looked surprised. He shrugged and leaned on the table as he wrote out Willie's name and address. Here you go. He turned and gave the paper to Willie. Willie held up the paper and the brown wrapper. He looked at one and then the other for a long while, then dropped both arms to his lap. You're okay, he said, taking a deep breath. I'm okay? Does that mean I'm not a suspect anymore? Grandpa asked. Willie nodded. I've got one more person to check, though. May I invite Chris and Maria over again? Grandpa chuckled. Only if it helps you solve this case. Do you have any more computer jokes for us? Chris asked as they entered the front door. I'm not in a joking mood, Willie said. This mystery is getting nowhere. He told them about getting the library book in the package. So G period, O period, D period knew about your library book, said Maria. Great, now all you have to do is find out whose handwriting is on the package. That's what I've been trying to do, Willie said quietly. He turned to Chris. By the way, your handwriting didn't match. You are no longer a suspect. What about my handwriting, Maria asked. Am I still a suspect? I got a sample of Chris's handwriting from that postcard he sent me when you guys were on vacation. I didn't have a sample of yours. So my sister could still be the mystery person, Chris said. How scary. Maria stuck her tongue out. I'll take you off my suspect list if you can pass two tests, Maria, Willie said, pulling out a sheet of paper and a pen. You want me to write your name and address, she said matter-of-factly. She leaned over the table and scribbled for a long moment. There. Satisfied? She handed the paper back to Willie. In response, Willie took the brown package and held it up next to the paper, just as he had done with Grandpa's handwriting. He was silent for a long moment. Chris and Maria watched him until they couldn't stand it any longer. Well, Maria finally said, Hmm, close, but no. Willie looked over at Maria. You make funny R's. Chris laughed. That's not the only thing funny about her. One more question for the two of you, Willie said, serious again. Dee Dee saw me at the library and said that you guys have a modem on your computer. Chris and Maria looked at each other. Yeah, so? Why didn't you tell me about it before this? You didn't ask, Chris said. What do you mean, Willie said. It doesn't work, Willie. My dad disconnected it about six months ago, Maria said. He was afraid of getting computer viruses. Computer what? Willie asked. You know, like diseases, Chris said. Computers don't get diseases. Even I know that, Chris, Willie said. Well, they're not really diseases, explained Maria. They're just computer programs weird people write that mess up your computer. You can pick them up from other computers. Like a cold, Chris added. Since our modem didn't work, we didn't want to spoil your fun with your modem, so we didn't say anything. So are we both suspects, or what? Chris asked. As far as I can tell at this point, you're not, Willie said. What do we do now? 
We could go over to the post office. We could check out everyone's handwriting as they send out their mail, Maria suggested. I don't think the post office will let us hang around there, Willie said. Well, how about the grocery store? We could look over people's shoulders as they write their checks, Chris offered. Besides, I'm hungry. I don't think anyone will be writing checks with my name on them, Willie said. Why don't I make us some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? We can think while we take a break. Willie rolled into the kitchen while Maria and Chris waited in the living room. Maria spotted the computer and switched it on. When was the last time you checked for messages, she asked Willie in the other room. Last night. Nothing. Maria walked into the kitchen. Well, you should have checked today. There's one there now, and it's a whopper. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 2, The Case of the Secret Code, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.